This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. I am excited today uh, because we have Stephanie Stuckey, the CEO of the iconic roadside retail brand, Stuckey's. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you, Chris. And I'm a fan, so I'm really happy to be on Retail Retold. Awesome. Stephanie, why don't you tell a little bit about you, your journey, and uh, who Stuckey's is and what Stuckey's is up to these days? I know that's a lot, but... Yeah, I'll try to condense 80 plus years of history and a a quick sound blurb. So I am a lawyer by training. I spent most of my professional career, some 30 years as a practicing attorney and also a legislator. I was a state representative for 14 years. And then I was head of an environmental law firm for several years before going over to the city of Atlanta and I headed up their sustainability program. So I very much focused my career on law and sustainability and environmental issues. Never expected that I would be running my family's business, but uh, uh, not even a year ago, nine months ago, my father's former business partners approached me about buying out their 49% interest in Stuckey's. I have three siblings. None of them were interested in acquiring the company. So I invested my life savings into (laughs) buying Stuckey's. And then a few months later, I bought out my dad's shares. He owned 51%. Uh, So I, I took, I bought the company outright. And then I recently just merged with a partner and we jointly own the company now 50, 50, very much consensus driven. We have processes in place for how we resolve major disputes, but it's a really good model. I think it's someone I've known, our families have known each other a long time. So I've merged with a healthy pecan company and we'll be producing a healthy snack line to complement our candy line and our kitchen merchandise line. And Stuckey's is still the parent corporation. So that's a little bit about me. And Stuckey's was founded in 1937 by my grandfather, as a roadside stand where he sold pecans from the family's pecan orchard and from neighboring orchards. And he one day got the brainstorm to sell candies and local jams and jellies and quilts. And people started stopping. He built a store that became three stores. World War II hit. I'm condensing a lot of history, but he started selling candy to the troops to get by and uh, traded a bunch of sugar to get through sugar rationing made it through those war years and then after world war ii the post-war economic boom is when stuckey's really took off people were getting on the the roads at that point there wasn't an interstate highway and there was money to be made in construction and retail construction and commercial retail and so he started building stuckey stores all over the interstate highway system well interstate came along in 1952 and at its peak, there were 368 stores in 40 states. Wow. And uh, 4,000 billboards, a trucking company, and a candy plant. He sold the company in 1964, a year before I was born. And the company was out of family hands for decades. And we suffered. Uh, we were also not only a victim of being owned by a Chicago railroad conglomerate that did not care about Stuckey's and sold most of our stores just for their real estate value. 
but we were also victim of the oil embargo. People were not traveling as much and the Airline Deregulation Act, suddenly airfare got a lot cheaper so people started flying more. So Stuckey's is really, our history is really in very many ways aligned with the history of America and the great American road trip. That was our peak. And we peaked when there was the great American road trip. My father acquired the company back in 1985. He was running like three other companies. Uh, he was a very successful businessman. Uh, so he got Stuckey's back in the family and ran it until about a decade ago when he sold his main company to, Dar to Warren Buffett. And uh, then Stuckey's was left with the skeleton crew for the past decade running the company. Hasn't had a, a CEO or president or any leadership. So when I came in, I was ready to just take over and start running the company. So that is amazing. Forward. I've got big plans. That is amazing. I'm sorry, that was a lot, but this is like a crazy that, wild road trip for Stuckey since 1937 to today. That is an incredible story. So uh, a couple of things. How many locations do you have today? We have 67 locations. Of those, 20 are what people would traditionally consider a Stuckey's, the standalone store. Those of you who remember stopping maybe in the 70s during our heyday, we had that sloped teal roof that was very distinctive and the lattice framework as you walk in. So there's 20 of those still remaining. And then the remainder are stores that my dad created that are called Stuckey's Express. And it, it's co-branding. He started co-branding in the mid-80s well before you would see that in a lot of retail outlets. Nowadays, it's quite common. You'll pull over at a Pilot and you'll see a Wendy's and a Duncan and a variety of other brands that are co-branded under one roof. My father started doing that in the mid-80s with Dairy Queen and Stuckey's because he ran Interstate Dairy Queen Corporation. So we have the remainder of our stores, majority of our stores are, are co-branded under another roof. Wow. Yeah. And but we've got big plans. We are looking to expand. We're looking to start with more standalone built to suit stores and renovating those existing stores. The are you going to continue co-branding stores? To a limited extent, uh, I will uh, quite a few of those locations are what I affectionately refer to as fixer uppers. <laughs> it, I think sometimes it's hard to retain your brand identity and not be diluted when you're coupled with other brands. And I very much want Stuckey's to have its distinctive space on America's roadsides. I, I like to say we're a roadside oasis and we have a special experience. And that gets diluted often when you're, when you're under another roof. There are some instances where I think that model works very effectively. So it's on a case by case basis, but really my focus moving forward is the standalone store concept. That's really awesome. At where you're at, it makes a lot of sense to me that you, you're rebuilding this iconic brand and letting it stand on its own and it is probably a, a good path forward, at, at least in the beginning and as you're growing market share again. These other locations now that aren't uh, the express stores, uh, these are franchised? Yes, we do not have any corporate-owned stores currently. My plan moving forward is that we will have at least one flagship corporate-owned store that will be used for training purposes and innovation and sort of our showcase model store, hopefully somewhere near Atlanta or middle Georgia. But uh, I, I would like to see a few more corporate-owned stores 
frankly, right now with our internal management capacity and, and the capital needs, it makes sense for us to expand using the franchise concept and have, have the corporate entity supervise and run the franchise program and pay attention to the brand and focus on really branding and marketing as our top priority. That, that makes a lot of sense. So branding, marketing, your top priority, you're all over social media. So it's working. Uh, you guys you. are, uh, it's definitely working since you're just curious, since your social media spree and you've been all over it, are you starting to see sales climb? Yes. So uh, in the past month or two, we have had contacts unsolicited from some fairly large size B2B outlets that have asked about selling our products. We've secured a couple of new contracts and my vice president said, you wouldn't believe who contacted us today. We, for example, we're, we've got um, 125 Ace Hardware stores in the Midwest that have agreed to stock our product in their stores. So we have a whole merchandise line, which distinguishes us from a lot of the retail roadside operations. In fact, I would say, distinguishes us from all of them. We have our own branded line of candies and nuts and merchandise that sell very well in other retail stores. So Ace Hardware makes a lot of sense for us, especially right now when you're looking at retail is suffering because of COVID, but there are some retail outfits that are thriving and hardware and home and garden yeah, are doing quite well, right? Yeah. So Ace is a good niche for us. It's, it's franchise operated, just like us. Many of those locations are, are family owns. They'll own one or two or a handful of, fran of Ace Hardware. So it's a really good fit for us. And I think that's in part to our, our marketing and just letting folks know we're still out there. That's the number one question, frankly, I, I was getting. I'm getting less of, but are you still around? Whatever happened to Stuckey's? My first month after taking over, I, you know, I had Google alerts and the Google alert popped up. There was an article on Stuckey's posted and it was our top 10 uh, stores that are now bankrupt. And we were like number eight. <laughs> so I called the author and I said, we're not bankrupt and we've never been bankrupt. <laughs> oh my God. And he did another piece. He said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize you're still around. And there's actually a Stuckey that runs a company. And I said, yeah, I fell out of family hands. But Yes, it's now, it's in the family. He did a great article on us. And so we turned it into a very positive experience, but it was pretty funny. A lot of people were questioning wow. if we're still around. <laughs> the unbelievable. And when did, did your grandfather start franchising? Did the, yeah. what, that's, he started franchising. Yeah, huh? way back. Like he is, was franchising before the interstate highway system. He wow. was on the roads before there really were roads. And I think the amazing thing about him is just his resiliency. Because when the when Eisenhower passed the Interstate Highway Act, my grandfather just moved on over to the interstate highway system. And he got to know the DOT staff in all the states and figured out, you know, he followed the DOT proceedings and knew where the highways were being located. And he would start buying up land at the exits and Genius. He, he just he just transitioned. He was he was very scrappy. He came from nothing. He was a product of the depression. He had like five jobs when he started Stuckey's. I I knew him well. I was twelve when he passed away, and he he got up every morning four or five a.m. He he was a hard worker. Wow. 
Yeah, and just really shoe leather, you know, working hard and learned by doing. Inspiring, inspiring yeah. for sure. You know, the, the, you don't hear, hear those hardworking stories anymore. And we, we need more stucky stories in America <laughs> for sure. The, and so it's now back in family hands and there's, you know, this push for growth. Uh, if I walk into a Stuckey's today, what, what's my experience going to be like? Depends. So one of my top priorities is to fix up the existing stores. And if you follow up my social media, you'll see I'm very authentic and I encourage people, please stop at Stuckey's. But I also say we need some TLC. I, I had one post where I said, just like this country, Stuckey's is a fixer upper. <laughs> I love America. Uh, you know, we're hurting right now in many ways. There's a lot of civil unrest. There's a pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen with the political campaigns. And, and we're not a perfect country. And Stuckey's is not perfect. We, we've got our challenges. So I will say if you walk into our store in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you'll have an awesome experience. If you go into our store in Perry, Georgia, or Somerton, South Carolina, or Annawake, Texas, by the way, I love the names of these towns, Paxico, Kansas. We're in small town, rural America. We're on the highways and byways and back roads of this great country of ours. So some of these stores, you'll have an amazing experience. You'll walk in, you'll see like in Hattiesburg, they make their own fudge. They have boiled peanuts. You have this great sense of place. Uh, there'll be Mississippi souvenirs and local souvenirs that you can take home. There'll be our classic candies. My grandfather always did a wall of candy on the way to the bathroom. So you would have to, almost everyone going to a Stuckey's is gonna pull over and need to use the facilities. So he made sure they walked by the wall of candy. And our original stores still have that. It's at the back wall and it says fine praline candies in this old timey font. And that's how you'll know it's an old store. But I loved how he really, gave some thought to that. The other thing he did was he never had full service sit down restaurants. He wanted people to go to a snack bar, get a quick, quick snack, and he wanted them walking around the stores so they could buy his merchandise. So the way he structured the retail interior environment was very much geared towards generating an experience, but also generating sales. Awesome. So I, it, it would be a great experience. Now, our stores that are fixer-uppers, I'll say, you know, some of them need better displays and need better signage and uh, need, need some love, need maybe a paint job or two. And <laughs> one of our stores, I will say, Hope Hall, Alabama, I visited right when I started. I'm visiting every single store this year, and I'm having so much fun road tripping. Even with COVID, I'm being careful. But I went to the Hope Hall, Alabama store right after I took over. It needed some love. I talked with the owners. They were very hardworking and cared about the brand. And I went back about six weeks ago and they'd given it a fresh coat of paint. They changed around some of the displays. They put up fresh signage. It looked 100% better. Awesome. So I think you'll start seeing that experience more and more. The last thing I'll say is I have made sure that all the Yelp comments, all the Google review comments, all the online web comments on our stores go directly to my personal inbox. 
or my Stuckey's inbox. I read every comment and I will respond. So if you have a good experience or a bad experience or have some constructive feedback, I am paying attention to that. And I will personally call the franchisee and discuss with them whatever the issue is because I'm dedicated to cleaning up these stores and making my grandfather proud. That's incredible. Awesome. Great to hear. Um, mind blown. This story is fantastic. Uh, I love that this old time retail brand is coming back to life right now. And, you know, too many times the headline news about retail today is it's going away and not coming back. And this one is, you know, set the other direction, which is fascinating. In the future, what do you see? I'll call convenience retailing. Uh, you, you use a word we don't hear often, which is roadside retailing. And I think that's an interesting word. Um, you know, the, the roadside retail stops. And, but in the convenience store world, that market is on fire. It has been for a while. It's very hard to compete on Amazon with, you know, if you just want to stop and grab a pack of gum and a diet soda real quick. And, uh, you know, they're gobbling up land and market share all over the country. What do you, in the future, Stuckies, what do you think are the differentiators between you and these other convenience stores, which some might be roadside brands? Yeah, so we are in, we're sort of a hybrid. We are in the C-store market, but I'll say we're a C-store that stands for candy store because we very much have our own unique product line. And I I'm probably the worst person that anyone will ever want to road trip with because I literally pull over at almost every exit. I am constantly looking at what the competitive landscape is and what the different roadside locations, what they stock, what's their product line, how are they marketing, what's their price point. And I have to say, even though I have great respect for these huge truck stops and roadside establishments, we offer something very different in our product line like too bad you can't see this but i'm holding up a rubber alligator we sell the heck out of these we sell coonskin caps i think too often in retail you hear retail experience you hear that just thrown out a lot and everyone talks about they want to have experience but stuckey's really does have an experience and it's not just the present it's that we're nostalgic and that's our differentiator i can't tell you how many times every single day Someone calls me with the Stucky story. We've got a guest book on our website where people share their stories and on our Facebook page, all our social media stories about like on their first date, this couple that was married for over 50 years that the husband gave the wife a pecan log roll and every year on their anniversary, he buys her a pecan log roll or a couple that stopped at Stucky's on their honeymoon and they took a picture and they sent it to me 40 years later. I'm sorry, but I don't think you get that you don't get those stories for truck stops of America. I just don't think you do. And so that makes us special. Again, I'm not, I'm just saying we're different, you know, maybe not better. We're different. You know, and we, we have something extremely unique to offer. Yeah. One of the things I do think that makes unique is you have your own product line. So you're a, you know, you're a direct to consumer brand, right? There's, products you have that I can't find anywhere else. You just made a deal with Ace Hardware. So you'll find some at Ace Hardware, but if you want certain uh, product lines, they're only out of Stuckey's. You're your own direct to consumer brand uh, from 1937. 
what what are some of those hot ones you mentioned i think you you mentioned me earlier are you going to a pecan uh conference this week or something like that yeah the georgia pecan growers association conference so we all we started with the humble pecan which is the only edible nut native to the u.s unless you want to count the black walnut which i think tastes very bitter so i don't count the black walnut (laughs) i'd say snack nut but the cashew the pistachio almonds peanuts not even a nut it's a legume so the pecan is the native nut is extremely healthy it's good for the environment and it's made in georgia 90 percent of the world's pecan production comes from the u.s and most of the pecan crop in the georgia makes more pecans than any other state in the country so we're very proud of our pecan beginnings and so we're we're all about the pecan you can get pecan log rolls pecan turtles pecan divinity pecan pralines uh the list can go on and on many pecan pies and it's not just for the holidays this year round my um, pecan pie i'm a chocolate person but outside of chocolate i think pecan pie might be my favorite dessert on earth uh it is a good pecan pie is hard to come by but when you find it it is um you know easy to do average hard to do amazing but i love good pecan pies (laughs) yeah and some of our stores not all of them carry this but many pecan pies just little snack sizes. Oh man. Amazing. And you can put chocolate chips in them. Okay. So you can get the best of both worlds. I love it. Uh, so the here and now, what, 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 what are you mentioned? Marketing and branding marketing. What are you focused on right now? Is it opening new locations? Is it marketing and branding? Is it fixing up? It's like everything. If you were going to say between now and year end, what are the top priorities for Stephanie? Like what makes 2020 a successful business year? If you do what? Yeah, well, because we're we're coming upon Q4, I will say between now and year end, I will be very focused on sales of our branded merchandise. So that would be our hats, our our shirts, our our mugs, and then our our product, our food products, and that will be on our various sales channels. So either in-store sales, but really driving online sales starting with I guess Black Friday this year will be online Black Friday, but starting really Black Friday on, and we're gearing up now to make sure we've got all of our products and inventory and all of our gift boxes and everything organized. So I'll be pushing sales big time. Um, I'm also in the process of working on what structure I'll have for franchise expansion, but that's not going to happen until 2021. But making sure I put those deals in place, I'm getting financing together. I'm getting our strategic partners in place. We got to build our team. So I'm actively looking for a development partner to help us expand our roadside presence. And that would be someone who could also help renovate existing stores. So we're vetting developers. So really want to make sure that that's in place for, uh, for starting 2021, like hit the ground running. Awesome. And also working on um, corporate sales. So I know the corporate gift programs have, dried up somewhat because of COVID, but we are still very much open to selling Stucky's gift boxes for corporate gifts. That's really cool. Uh, Really cool. Well, good luck. I hope you crush it this Q4. I will, uh, I'm going to go check out Stucky's and uh, 
buy my family some Stuckey's uh, merchandise um, and and uh, get it sent here. Uh, I'll send you some. You can sample it. Awesome. Please yeah, do. Yeah, I'd be happy to send you a gift box. All right, I'll send you my address. Um, <laughs> See, then, you have on your show. You get some free candy. <laughs> I love it. Sounds great. Um, the... The next part of the show is story. And we were, you know, we've talked last week about some things that I found fascinating and you have one. It starts with a U. What's the town? Unadilla. Unadilla. <laughs> Where is Unadilla? It's in South Georgia. It was Georgia. store number three back in like early 1940s before World War II hit. And then after the war, it was rebuilt. So that, that location has been around a while. It's still around. Uh, it's now a store within a store. So that is one that I have targeted. I've got a list of where I want to start rebuilding new stores and have that look and feel of the original stores. And that is definitely on my list because I want to revive what my grandfather made great. So I, I found some of the things pretty interesting and I hadn't heard before. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Unadilla, Georgia. And the yeah. Stuckies there. So Unadilla will be a little bit of a... Uh, a story that applies to many of the locations because my grandfather had a method and most of the stores use this method for citing his stores. So the story I tell that is absolutely true is how he figured out the space between his stores was he would get in the car and drink a cup of coffee when he started driving. And when he needed to pull over and use the facilities, that's how far he would space his stores. So very scientific, like I said earlier, he's into shoe leather marketing and uh, site analysis. So another thing he would do. That was, is, that, 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 that's just fascinating to me, right? Yeah. We have all these fancy tools today that we yeah. use and uh, what better than the, the, you know, how long, you know, before you have to use the restroom to do a roadside stop. It makes total sense. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he just studied, he just studied retail. Like, I wish he could have been on the show because he would say so much. Like, he would sit in the parking lot of his stores and study the license plate, where people were coming from. And for some reason, my dad told me he was obsessed with Ohio. Like, he thought if he had people coming from Ohio stopping his stores, that was like a great sign. <laughs> but I think he was actually prescient because Ohio has determined presidential politics for yeah. decades now. So it's kind of a bellwether state. You got to pay yeah. attention to what people in Ohio like because as goes Ohio, so goes the nation maybe. So he studied license plates. Uh, another thing he would do when figuring out where to cite stores is he always wanted to be on the right side of the exit. So it would be very easy to pull over. And he wanted to be up on a, a hill, if at all possible. So as you like pulled up, like you can see this in a deal, like you pull up and you'll see like off to the right, that's where he wanted his store sighted. And he wanted his stores sighted on the right side, heading north from Florida. So his whole idea is that he had, a, he called them Yankees. So no disrespect, I'm just channeling my grandfather. Yankees would come down to Florida for vacation. And then on their way back is when they would want to spend their money at roadside stands. Because as they're going on vacation, you're saving up your money for your hotel, for, your, for the attractions, for your food. So you don't want to spend your money when you're heading south. On your way back, you're ready to unload your money. It's okay to fill the car up with kitschy stuff because you're only going to drive another day. So it totally made sense. People are going to spend their money driving north. So he had his 
stores on the right side of the road, up on the top of a hill, traveling north. I mean, he really, he really <laughs> incredible. That is incredible. That is so true. Yeah. And incredible. And I don't know where that's in our analytics programs these days, but um, I, I, I doubt it is. And that's, uh, that's the, the art behind some of this that a computer maybe can't pick up. That's fascinating. Yeah. And billboards, billboards, billboards. He used to joke he had more money and <laughs> more inventory and in billboards than candy. And he said he had so many billboards, he sometimes lost sight of where they were. Wow. But he'd start, you know, 100 miles out, and then he would get as close, like as you got closer to the store, obviously the billboards were spaced closer together, till it was like, you know, 200 yards, Stuckies, like right up to it. And wow. even on his gravestone, his gravestone looks like a little billboard. It's got the Stuckies logo on it. It cracks me up. Wow. He That's was incredible. like selling to the end. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And the, you, you mentioned before, that's how he was citing locations and uh, Unadilla and all the others he did. How, you, talk to me about the, how he was designing the stores. So Stuckies, those of you who remember us in the, in the day, and we still have a few of the Blue Roof original stores intact, he came up with this distinctive sloped, gabled roof that was shingled and it was a teal turquoise bright color and you could see it from a distance so that was just as much a marketing tool as his billboards the look of the stores and they're so distinctive that even to this day the stores that have been sold off sadly and turned into other things i get photographs every single week from people that say this used to be a Stuckey's, right? And it's now a strip club or something. There's uh -huh. actually a couple that are strip clubs. But that distinctive blue roof is so distinctive that decades later, people still look at it and say, that was the Stuckey's. And so that was, that was part of his marketing. And he also had, I mean, it's no secret why most of these fast food chains have red and yellow as their colors. It, it shows up from a distance. So he had that turquoise roof with the red and the yellow and bam, you could, you could see the Stucky stores. Wow. And uh, the, that's just, that's just awesome. So the, are you going to keep that nostalgic piece as you build stores for the future? I, it is my goal. So one of our challenges is sometimes we will take an existing building that was not a Stuckey's before and turn it into a Stuckey's. So that sure. obviously creates a challenge. We've got a different roof line. So we, you have to deal with what you have. But my goal is to have some new built stores that have that original roof as much as possible. Wow. I'm already hearing from designers and architects and developers about cost, but there's something <laughs> yeah. special about that, that roof. There really is. We can talk about costs to till I'm blue in the face. You want to call me after we can talk about costs. Right. <laughs> I think there's a way, and I think there's a way like to modernize the look, but still be true to that shape. So I very much, and the color, certainly you can recreate that original teal color. And I, I actually have some original architectural plans that I found in my grandfather's papers. So 
I've kept those and I show them every time I talk to a developer, I pull out the architectural plans and say, all right, I know it's gotta be up to code, but this is the design, the look, the feel, that special experience that I think people still crave when they pull over on the side of the road. Incredible. This has been, you know, one of the more fascinating stories I've heard just overall, not just about Unadilla, but appreciate the, the bathroom break sighting <laughs> and, and the, you know, North side, because that's where people spend their money on the North side, not on the South side. So all that stuff. Fantastic. Really appreciate you uh, coming on, sharing it, wishing nothing but the best to Stuckies. I thank you. Your uh, fire is contagious and I think you are going to do some awesome things and uh, it won't be easy. Uh, as we talked about, you were talking to some bankers and some people beforehand. It is <laughs> not easy, but uh, I think uh, you are set up to, uh, to crush it come 2021 and beyond. So thank you. You're welcome. With that, that brings us to the last part of our show, Retail Wisdom. And so I have three questions for you. Are you ready, Stephanie? I'm ready. All right. Question one, what is your best piece of commercial real estate advice to everyone out there? So I think mine will be different than what you hear on the other podcasts because you have a lot of commercial real estate professionals and retail professionals who've grown up and, you know, in the business or been in the business for decades. That is not me. I have a different perspective. So I'm going to answer from, from my perspective, which is brand. It's all about the brand. I think that's what makes a retail operation distinctive. People don't buy Nike because they want to buy a sneaker. They buy Nike because they're buying a brand. They're buying a, a way of life. Same with Apple, same with so many of these iconic brands. And so just don't lose sight of that. I, you know, I listen to all these podcasts and watch these YouTube videos about how to be successful in business. And so many of these entrepreneurs like build these businesses and they just want to sell them and make a lot of money. That's not me. I just want to make Stuckey's great again. Oh, it, maybe I shouldn't say great again. It's <laughs> time. Uh, it was not meant to be a political reference. Wonderful again. Awesome again. But that's what I'm about. I want to make road trips fun again and revive the great American road trip. So for me, it's, it's about brand. And I think that's what commercial retail needs more of. Totally agree. That's no one said that yet on the show. I appreciate the perspective, but totally agree. The, I, I will tell you, you know, I think that would, you know, the more you push that you're trying to bring back the great American road trip and connect Stuckies to that, I think you're going to have some, viral moments on social media. So keep that up. Cause I think that that is a niche you don't hear a lot of people in. And I think there's riches and niches. And I think that, uh, you should, uh, keep promoting. That's a great, uh, little tagline there. Uh, and I'm doing it. I mean, I'm road you tripping. Are, you are road there. tripping. I see you everywhere. Um, I see you all over the country. Um, two, what extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Oh, that's so easy for me. Howard Johnson's restaurants. Oh my God. Speaking of roadside, Howard Johnson's restaurants. Oh man, that Hojo Cola, which I hated as a kid. I would give just about anything to have an ice cold Hojo Cola right now. And those fried cram clams. There are no more Howard Johnson's restaurants in America. They're all gone. Wow. Um, and yeah. What did you, I'm curious, what, what was your grandfather's take on Howard Johnson's? Cause I, you know, they're a, a, they were a roadside staple back in the day, obviously. So what, what was his take on them? 
I don't know about Howard Johnson's. I do know just because I've talked to the other founder, sadly, I didn't know through my grandfather, but I do know that my grandfather knew Truett Cathy with Chick-fil-A and respected him greatly. So the Georgia franchises he knew, and he knew Joe Rogers with Waffle House, one of the co-founders of Waffle House. I met Joe Rogers a couple of times and and Truett Cathy a couple of times before they died. And, and both of them were, were very kind and told me they knew my grandfather and they respected him. So I know he had a lot of respect for these other brands, these other entrepreneurs. Uh, he was competitive, but also very kind and and decent and ethical. So I think more than anything, he felt respect for these other entrepreneurs that were on America's highways. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, last one. You mentioned yoga. I am on Lululemon's website. Ooh. They have the mapped out high rise tight yoga pants, 28 inch, available in two colors, black glacier gray and black brick. What is that retailing for right now? I will tell oh, man. you it is on sale. I'm going to bomb on this because I don't buy any new clothes for myself. I, because I'm into sustainability, I took a pledge three years ago to not buy any new clothes. Oh Everything God. I buy is consignment and thrift. So, uh, and I just know pricing for Stucky's merch. So I'm just gonna, <laughs> I don't know. I think that stuff's pretty expensive. I'm gonna say $129. Wow, it normally retails for 128. So you are spot on, very oh close. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a merchant right there, knowing what other merchandise goes for. It is on sale for $59, but I, you know, it is normally 128, so. I was $1 off. $1 I, off, thank you for playing. Do I get a toaster for that? Uh, I'll have to send you something, yes. <laughs> Well, uh, listen, this has been great, Stephanie. Uh, truly, uh, thank you for taking me through that story. Really uh, awesome part of American history that I, I don't get a lot of history lessons on this show. So really cool. Thank you so much. Again, good luck. If there's any way I can help you, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.